Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. All right, it's hour number two of the Rob Carson Show. Kate Smythe joins us at the bottom of the hour. She is a British expat millennial who is very astute, by the way, very astute with her uh, her opinions, and we'll get her thoughts on uh, Tucker Carlson being let go and all that stuff. Hey, did you know that yesterday the uh, White House welcomed the L-Word stars to a press briefing for Lesbian Visibility Week? Did you realize that this is Lesbian Vis- Visibility Week? I don't know about you since I was about 12, I don't know, 15 years old. I've been very aware of lesbians. I'm not sure we needed a lesbian visibility week. You know, pretty much, pretty much I think the American culture is uh, saturated with lesbianism at this point. I don't mind. I I don't mind. You can be lesbian, you can be gay, whatever the hell. But anyway, uh, White House uh, Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre, who is a lesbian, by the way. introduced the L Word and Generation Q stars, Jennifer Beals, Laisha Haley. And I just can't get enough of Laisha Haley because she is, man, she plays lesbianism so well on television. Anyway, uh, they're Catherine Moaning, or Moenig, and they all came up there for Lesbian Visibility Week yesterday. Is there going to be like a big uh, rally on uh, Capitol Hill or something? I mean, they do what? We have Black History Month, Women's History Month, whatever, the lesbian, I don't know, whatever. So this is a, this is a quote from Corinne Jean-Pierre. <clears throat> so this is Lesbian Visibility Week, and the first openly queer person to hold the position of press secretary, she whipped that one out again, didn't she? For the President of the United States, I see every day how important visibility and representation are. You know what, you honestly, they need to, I, I may, you know those name tags you get that you, 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 says, hi, my name is, and they're red, and they've got the circle around, and you can put them on your shirt? Maybe that's what we need, just right at the very top of it. Hi, I'm a lesbian, then the name at the bottom. Because honestly, if you're going to do the identity politics thing, you really should start. Maybe just buy a lesbian sticker. Just a sticker says, hi, I'm a lesbian, and then the name in the, in the thing there. Maybe, maybe that, maybe that could be some money. So uh, then, uh, those who were present during Tuesday's uh, White House press briefing were also unable to escape the LGBTQ rhetoric thanks to Lesbian Visibility Week and Corinne Jean-Pierre's bizarre prioritization of sexuality during a briefing that is meant to disseminate information about the actions and events involving the Biden administration. Didn't they have, like, Ted Lasso's uh, crew in there a couple weeks ago? They're starting to invite. Maybe it's because Corinne Jean-Pierre wants to meet people and this is the only way she can do it. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's move on to other stuff. You know, this is brand new from Jim Gossett, and since it's such a gigantic story, I think that uh, we got to play it again. 
It is uh, a new song featuring the voice of Tucker Carlson, question mark. My name's Tucker Carlson, and you gotta know, uh-huh. I am going elsewhere and get a new show. Mm. To my former colleagues, I have a tip. Jump that sinking ship, cause stupid to fire me. Worst move in history, Fox News is headed in the tank. It's money in the bank. Tucker, what's number one? Time slot, I always won. Fox News, you're gonna pay real soon. I have two words for Rupert Murdoch, okay. and they are not thank you. Oh, yeah. Look what Fox has become. Left wing and really dumb. Paul Ryan doesn't have a clue. He's on the board of directors. The Murdoch brothers do. Stupid, that is Fox News. Big time, they're gonna lose. They'll rue the day that they can me. So basically, uh, I think that Rupert Murdoch has uh, decided and his, his sons have decided that it is <clears throat> better for the company as far as making money is concerned to get rid of Tucker Carlson. You get rid of any dissenting voices, then maybe, I don't know, Big Pharma starts putting ads on your, uh, on your network. And Lord knows there was lots and lots of money being spent by Big Pharma on advertising because we were pumping billions of dollars into Big Pharma, right? Pfizer, in its history, was a $40 billion company. Did you know that? Pfizer in its history was a $40 billion company. You know what they did in one year, 21 to 22? You know how much their company uh, went up in value? You know what the revenues were? $90 billion. Tell me that Rupert Murdoch doesn't want a piece of that pie. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's what it was. And you need to make it more expensive for Fox News to have fired Tucker Carlson than it was to keep him. So, uh, and also, by the way, and I said this all kind of the final straw was the January the 6th uh, killing of the story about January the 6th, which was not disinformation. It was true. Uh, the January 6th committee was able to cherry pick their own video to the point that they could uh, uh, completely uh, put j- people in jail with, with video that exonerated them, like Jacob Chansley. Put him in jail for a couple years, saying that he was violent, saying that he assaulted. And then the video shows, no, not so much. People were being let in. They were taking selfies and the whole deal. They opened the building two hours later. You know, kind of funny, right? All those stories have been shut down. All the stories about uh, uh, the FBI and Antifa and and legit uh, uh, warnings that uh, there were terrorists coming to Washington, D.C., the chief of the Capitol Police, who's no longer there anymore. He said, yeah, they were warned. They they, made 16 uh, terrorists coming from around the country. And who had been committing acts of terrorism? Well, the previous summer, Antifa and Black Lives Matter. So you do the math. Oh, then they hear this. 65% of voters believe it is, un, uh, it is likely undercover agents provoked the January 6th Capitol riot. You suppose maybe that uh, Tucker Carlson doing the video expose that was killed after Chuck Schumer said, shut it down? Maybe they, they are a little concerned about that. I have this, this story. This is from David Marcus the day after Tucker Carlson's debut of the January the 6th story. And he says the $3 million two-year January 6th committee was destroyed by a single devastating cable news segment because the left was never interested in truth. They just wanted revenge. Over the last two years, hundreds of witnesses, interviews, and 10 highly choreographed public uh, hearings, Democrats in Congress sought to create a carefully constructed story of the January the 6th Capitol Hill riots. How fitting that such a, an exact extravagant outlay of government resources would be thrown on a trash heap by a single news segment. 
On Monday night, Tucker Carlson played never-before footage of the Capitol riot. The closed-circuit security tape appears to show the notorious so-called QAnon shaman being led by the, through the halls of Congress by police. No audio, but he didn't overpower anybody. It looks like the Capitol Police willingly guided him, shirtless and adorned with horns, into the Senate chamber for his photo op. Kind of weird. So, for all of the effort and expense poured into the January 6th committee, why is America only seeing the footage now? The answer is obvious. It didn't fit the Democrat narrative. So, it was left out. Democrats, aided by two virulently anti-Trump Republicans, sought to portray January the 6th as an insurrection inspired, led, and directed by Donald Trump. That's what was exposed on that Monday. Then Chuck Schumer said, uh, kill it. And they did it. They killed it. They killed it. Got rid of it. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Every sane patriotic American looks at the January 6th riots with disgust. Those who committed violence and criminal acts should be persecuted, and they have been, but conservatives and free-think Americans also like, uh, also recognize what happened there. Rage in the United States is not a Trump problem, just a Trump problem. It's an American problem. And it's about time the partisan media and political establishment recognizes it such. This week, 23 members of Antifa were arrested and charged with domestic terrorism for a violent attack on a police uh, training uh, facility in Atlanta. Yeah. So that's what it was. That's, that's really what it was. That's what started it all. And, and Tucker got word from, uh, from somebody, whoever fired him, you know, and said, you got to kill the story. And he had to kill the story. And he sat on it, and people questioned, and they, they, they thought they would make it go away like all the other stories. You know, hey, forget about the election, forget about Arizona election, and the obvious fact that that was stolen from Carrie Lake, and it was. I mean, come on. Dear Lord, 65% of the voting machines in one county stopped working in Republican voting areas. Are you out of your mind? Really? Are we that bad that we, that we drifted into the freaking former Soviet Union so badly that you're going to leave that story in the dust? Well, yeah, our national media does that. <clears throat> Then there's this headline, which came uh, out a couple days after his uh, report, Capitol Police withholding thousands of hours of CCT from Congress and the January 6th prisoners. So literally exculpatory evidence that would keep people from being in prison is being withheld. How corrupt could you be? And Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell, by the way, <clears throat> not a big fan of that, that uh, expose. And so they both put the heavy on Fox. And Fox said, okay, it's gone. And Tucker waited and waited and waited until his monologue on Friday. And then basically said, bleep you. And Murdoch said, that's all we need to hear. Get rid of him. And they thought paying him $20, an hour, uh, $20 million a year to shut him up for two years through the election is, uh, is worth it. Small price to pay. When you consider what uh, uh, value it is to the network to keep the, the deep state happy. Because the deep state can kill you. I think I know of a network that Nancy Pelosi and two of her hatchlings uh, called a major distributor of, uh, of programming and said, you got to take down OAN and Newsmax. And they did. The only one remaining was Fox. Then they relented. Yeah, thankfully, thankfully. Newsmax back on. Fox was still on, but Fox had to, they had to do a little course correction. We need to do a little course correction. I need you to have a, I need you to have a talk with your boy Tucker Carlson. I need you to shut him up on that uh, on that January sixth story. Can you make that happen? Make it so. Okay. Cool. Cool. Jason Whitlock has a column, Tucker Carlson and the Rise of Matriarchal Marxism. This is really about, and I, matriarchal Marxism, 
Uh, he's talking about uh, what happens in newsrooms, who's fireable, who's not fireable. White men are able to be fired quite quite easily. Um, and uh, other groups can't. Like, for instance, uh, Don Lemon hung on forever because he checked two boxes. Rachel Maddow has managed to stay forever because she checks a couple boxes. Don't go there with a punchline. Joy Reid has terrible, terrible, terrible ratings. Uh, 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 what's he? Um, Anderson Cooper, uh, mediocre to poor ratings. They, you know, they're all protected class. Whoopi Goldberg, also known as Karen Johnson, black, identifies as you, Jewish. Sonny Hostin, Puerto Rican, African American. Joy Behar uh, wants to be Bette Midler. Tucker Carlson is a white guy. He used his platform to promote Judeo-Christian culture and patriarchy. He's easy to make go away. But the other part of matriarchal patri- patri- uh, Marxism is Karen. It's this need by some people to live vicarious, vicariously through others and espouse for their victimhood. So when George Floyd gets murdered, a white woman in suburban America who's a liberal says, well, let's get rid of the police. Well, we have to get rid of the Redskins. Well, we got to get rid of Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. That's matriarchal Marxism. That's white, liberal, cul-de-sac-dwelling women, who I used to call the Dawn Patrol <clears throat> in the 90s. I lived in Minneapolis, in a morning show. Whenever I'd say something to get talk about, hey, the, uh, the Indians won this weekend, somebody called me, I just want you to know that I think that Indians is very offensive to Native Americans. And I'd say, are you Native American? No, but I know someone who is. That's matriarchal Marxism. <clears throat> And it, it most probably had a uh, a play uh, on this uh, because there are a lot of people who just look at Tucker Carlson as a white conservative cisgendered Christian, <laughs> which made it easier for him to go. It made it easier for him to go. All right, so coming up, I've got some. Uh, <laughs> it's really funny. Joe Biden declared he was running for president yesterday. Never trended on Twitter. Not not a single time did Joe Biden for president. Uh, uh, Biden. Uh, uh, Harris 2024 never trended on Twitter. The only thing remotely related to Biden and running for president was 70% of Americans. That was trending. You know why? Because Monday a poll came out from NBC that said 70% of Americans don't want Joe Biden to run again. It's a ruse. It's a lie. It's already doing a face plant, and I've got details on that. And the interview last night with Robert Kennedy Jr., Greta Von Susteren on Newsmax, I think you're going to find it very interesting. This is The Rob Carson Show. If you're looking for a woke take on current events, just go back to sleep because you're not getting it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. A little Jimmy for you. You know, I got to tell you, I've been uh, rediscovering Jimi Hendrix and... um, I was a little kid when he died, and um, Jimi Hendrix, at the peak of his career, he was singing, uh, he was 25 years old. (laughs) I mean, just like, what? He died at 27, and uh, wow. And and, and some of the great bands like, uh, well, Hendrix and his band, uh, and also Led Zeppelin, late 60s, so good. All of the members, I mean, generally the lead singer gets all the credit. Lead guitarist gets all the credit while we forget, you know, John Bonham. Uh, But I'm going to tell you, Jimmy's 
percussion drummer on Crosstown Traffic, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, there's just so many. It just it's it's such a dance. It's such a musical dance uh, done in a four track studio or whatever on magnetic tape. You, who was the name of their brand? Mitch Mitchell, I forgot. I drew a blank. Mitch Mitchell. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I need to... Well, you don't care. I was going to say I should post my Spotify playlist online. Nobody cares. <clears throat> Who cares? That's when I listen to music. I listen to it in my bumper music and when I go to the gym or on my bike. So, yesterday, uh, Joe Biden uh, did a speech. He did a speech in front of some union members, and uh, he's really big with the unions, and everybody in the union thinks that Joe Biden gives, about, uh, gives a darn about the unions. Unfortunately, he doesn't care about the uh, rank and file of unions. All he cares about is that your rank and filers, that your bosses give all your money to the Democrat Party. I hate to tell you this. I mean, you're going to get a contract out of it. You might get to go to the you know EV plant wherever, but honestly, he'll throw you out with the bathwater like he did with the people who are building the Nord Stream, not the Nord Stream, <clears throat> but the, uh, the pipeline in the United States. Um, uh, you know what I'm talking about. But that, you know, it's no big deal. So Joe Biden, by the way, before I played the soundbite yesterday, a very tepid response uh, in front of uh, union members yesterday, uh, he uh, has allegedly given the Teamsters a bailout of about $36 billion for their poorly management, uh, managed uh, pensions. Now, you don't have a pension. I, I don't have a pension unless you're a government employee or, you know, somebody's grandfathered in by and large. You don't get a pension, right? But uh, Joe Biden apparently... Uh, is uh, helping to pay off and funnel billions of tax dollars into the Teamsters Union for their mismanaged pensions. And you see this across the board. Same goes with the government employees unions, which should be outlawed. Uh, you know, you, you give all your money to them, regardless of your politics, and all of your money goes to the Democrat Party. It's a giant circle fest. But here is uh, Joe Biden speaking to some union members. I want you to listen to the tepid response, right? Okay, there's no Joe Mintum here. And then, uh, and then the, uh, the following chant. It's time to finish the job. Finish the job. I mean, listen to that. That's the first day of his campaign officially. Listen to those union members go crazy. It's time to finish the job. Finish the job. Yay. Yay, yay. So somebody decides that they're dying so badly, they're doing like they do on The View. <clears throat> they send a couple fluffers out and they hold up signs that say applaud or, you know, whatever. Uh, apparently somebody held up the sign, four more years. 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 Okay, okay. Well, I've just been handed a note, actually. Uh, it says here they were chanting four more years because that's the consensus of the group to how much longer they believe Joe Biden will be alive. That's just what I heard. That's just what I, uh, just what I heard. Here's uh, Carrie Lake. She was on Newsmax last night on Eric Bowling's show talking about what Joe Biden means by finish the job. The finishing the job part, he's finishing the job of the CCP, which is the absolute destruction of America. That's what he's about. That's who's paid him to do this. And we want him out of office. Frankly, I'm glad because he's going to be easy to uh, bring down. Unfortunately, he's going to have a year and a half left until this next election. And that's why I'm 100 percent in the corner of President Trump. There you go. And also, a lot of people are beginning to realize uh, in what dire straits he is in. Here's Ronnie Jackson, former uh, physician for Joe Biden, about Joe Biden's health. 
Hold on one second. Let me find it here. So I've served three presidents. I know what it takes mentally, cognitively, and physically to do this job. This man is a walking disaster right now. He's going to get us into trouble. I'm, I'm blowing the, the alarm bells right now. I'm sounding the alarm bells every single day right now. This man is going to get us into a war with China, Russia, Iran, or North Korea. He's incompetent, and he cannot. He, he probably will not make it the remainder of the two years that he has in this term. To think that he's going to try to serve another four years after that and be our commander-in-chief and our head of state for six years it's terrifying this man doesn't know where he's at or what he's doing yeah and uh i have been saying this for a couple years he would never be able to be the candidate even corinne jean pierre said he might not make it to the end of his second term case bites next don't go anywhere Joe Biden has always been a punchline. Now he's just a joke. It's the Rob Carson Show. Here's a real quick note before we introduce our next guest. I, I mentioned Jimi Hendrix and, uh, you know, the bumper music. And uh, uh, Mitch Mitchell, um, the, the drummer for Jimi Hendrix. Listen to this. All right. Listen to just the percussion. I'm sorry, I just love it. I, I just, just that is just, is is magic. I used to hate the 60s. I used to, because, you know, maybe Forrest Gump kind of screwed me up, because, you know, the, the 60s were all uh, about summer of love and all this. But man, the music was so good. I mean, just throughout the, uh, throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, I could find good stuff being made now. I know it's kind of funny, but Case uh, Smythe is a uh, British expat and a, uh, also a uh, political pundit, writer for The Daily Caller. No telling if Tucker Carlson has stopped by lately. And she joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Hello, Kay. How are you? Oh, hey. Hey, Rob. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, no. I, uh, I haven't seen Tucker recently um, or ever in real life. But, yes, he did co-found The Daily Caller. And for that, I am eternally grateful. And for so many other things, you know? Yes. Yes. Let me ask you this, Kay. Um, well, I'll just, just say, what do you think of Tucker Carlson's firing? Why do you think they did it? <clears throat> Ooh, I mean, I... See, I think like, there is so much going around online, but I think my gut feeling, and this is literally just my gut feeling, my gut feeling is that Tucker had and still probably has more power than the voice of any even political party in this country. Like, he had more sway. He had, like, he wasn't afraid to stand up and say what was right, what was wrong. He wasn't afraid to share controversial data that he'd gotten access to. And I just think that we live in a moment where, yes, we're going through this sort of great awakening and like light is kind of being shone on so many different crises facing not just our country, but the world. But we're also going through this mass censorship movement because the more we realize how much power we have, how much control and how much things aren't really working, um, and the more we sort of stand up and say that, the less control the sort of like deep state, the, like, you know, we already know how involved the deep state is with social media. And it's kind of the same way with mainstream media. And so I think, you know, it's just another sort of branch of that censorship. And I mean, I think, a scary uh, message to send, well, to say, hey, you guys want to speak out against us? Yeah, we're going to try and get rid of Tucker. So, yeah. 
And, and, and I might also add that uh, you have, he was doing his job. He was doing his job perfectly. He was attracting a massive audience. He was, uh, he was people were, it was resonating. He, they weren't trying to keep him like they were with, uh, with so many. Joy Reid, they, they keep her. She could say anything, and she does, uh, but they keep her because they don't, they're afraid that they'll get to hit by the woke crowd. Same way with uh, Don Lemon, who was finally let go. Uh, he's going to mm-hmm. sue them for $25 million. Of course, you know, claiming, I'm sure, some type of anti-gay uh, you know, uh, anti-black, uh, you know, whatever. Meanwhile, Tucker Carlson could go. <clears throat> I like to use this analogy, uh, Kay, and I know what a big fan of the game Twister you are. I like. Actually, I have no idea. Um, but G- I think you're more of a Jenga girl. I got to tell you, I'm thinking you're probably what Jenga or Twister, Kay. Oh, if I'm choosing between the two, ooh, that's, that's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I, what, what I, I like Twister. I mean, if we can turn uh, Jenga into a drinking game, I'm here for it. Anyway, not the point. Hell yeah. All right, so now what I'm trying to say is uh, when it comes to Twister, I've used the burning Twister board as an example. You've got the deep state, and they're playing Twister with big social media and the mainstream media. And all of a sudden, instead of spinning the dial, you know, blue uh, hand, you know, whatever, they see a Twister uh, a story uh, uh, twister uh, board uh, place catch fire. So over here it's okay, Russia disinformation is proven to be a lie. That's uh, right hand red, it's on fire, put your hand on there. And right now there's so many fires going off on this twister board that the mainstream media big tech and uh, and the deep state can't put out all the fires. Tucker Carlson was a fire. That was a very circuitous way to make a point, I understand. But uh, <laughs> But it is they're trying to put out all these fires. Tucker Carlson was a big fire. Tucker was a really big fire before the 2024 campaign, and, and I believe it was precipitated. I think the, the final straw was him doing the January the 6th expose on Monday, March 6th, and then Chuck Schumer saying, shut it down to Rupert Murdoch, and the story disappearing on Tuesday. And I think that has been a bone in Tucker Carlson's craw since that day, and I think his, his monologue on Friday was basically a subtle bleep you, I will not be controlled, and they fired him. That's what I think. What do you think? Uh, I think that that is, I think that that's a really, really good and educated, um, I mean, I have to say it's a theory, right? Like, I'm, I'm not a very good journalist, but I am a columnist, and uh, I think, you know, I'm just so excited to know what really happened. I don't know if we'll ever really know what happened. But, yeah, I think that someone like Tucker, I mean, Tucker's more powerful than all of Fox News. He's more powerful than Rupert Murdoch, really. And, like, we're already seeing, like, smear campaigns that are coming out across, like, you know, even non-Fox-related entities um, against Tucker and all this kind of stuff. And it's already happening right now. So, yeah, that would, I think that would make a huge amount of sense. But, again, that's why I'm, like, so grateful for Newsmax, because I know that that's just not going to happen here. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you put the American people first, and Fox doesn't. Like, well, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure, like, most of the people who are at Fox would want that, but I think that when you look at Rupert Murdoch and the control that he has tried to assert throughout his entire career, then there's sort of like, yeah, like, there's a red flag there. Um, I'm going to do uh, I, I want to get your thoughts. I want to move on from this because, uh, you know, I don't talk to very many women because I work at home by myself and uh, usually only get to talk to my wife and my daughter. So I'm always interested in hearing perspective. Uh, let's talk about this whole um, uh, Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas did an interview on a podcast the other day. And basically, I want you to play this and get your reaction. OK, have you heard the uh, the, the podcast with Leah Thomas? 
Yeah, I'm actually going to try and find a, a message I sent one of my friends earlier where I came up with a spoof caption for this exact interview. Right. And I'll let well, you know he, what it was. Here, yeah, here is uh, Leah Thomas and the podcaster. Uh, as a woman, as a trans woman, whatever, we respect her identity. We just don't think it's fair. You can't really have that, that sort of half support where you're like, oh, I respect her as a woman here, but not here. They're using the guise uh, of feminism to sort of push transphobic uh, beliefs. And I think a lot of people in that camp sort of carry an implicit bias against trans people, but don't want to, I guess, fully manifest or, or speak that out. And so they try to just play it off as this sort of half support. They think about how twisted feminism, quote unquote, feminism has become. Their arguments, you know, in order to exclude anybody in the trans category, you have to reduce women to reproductive capacity. Which okay, is I think that's fantastic. So uh, basically he's saying that unless you are full in recognition of trans women as women officially, you are not part of the movement you need to be shut down and by uh, acknowledging women's ability to give birth that is somehow reducing a woman's worth i mean considering the fact that birth is literally the most valuable and important thing that our entire species does i would be literally fine if uh i was reduced down to the most important job of our species like that's cool dude and that's like the fact of the matter right here isn't it, Rob? It's the fact that it is a dude mansplaining what a woman is to women oh. because he's dressed up as one. And I'm it sorry. Is... Like, I hate, I hate all this thing. Like, I have friends, like, back in L.A. who have, you know, they think that they're going to go through the whole, like, con like, trans conversion process. And when I hear how much money these people are spending, when I hear about the repercussions of this kind of surgery and the stuff that these people are being told by their therapists that they're also paying for, I'm like, you're an abused demographic, but not for the reasons that you guys think. You are a literal piggy bank for the medical establishment. And the only reason that you exist right now is to make them money and to essentially relegate women into non-existence. Because now, I guess, a bunch of dudes can come out and say, well, I've decided that I'm a woman, and therefore being a woman literally means nothing. Like, my Why? dad can wake up in the morning and say, I want to be a woman, and it's just like, creature, you're always going to be a dude. Like, why, it, no. why, why, why haven't women uh, been this uh, angry uh, until now, until, uh, you know, Megyn Kelly finally says, I've been saying this for a couple of years. Are you out of your mind? Men are not women. They never will be. I've been screaming this from the rooftops. Women have not even stepped up to defend themselves until the last few weeks. Uh, I, I think they've really uh, crossed the line, to be honest, and I, and I believe we're going to beat back this, this idiocy. I think that uh, Leah Thomas's comments, mansplaining womanhood, is, is another other example do you, do you think that maybe uh we've ebbed on this nonsense and we're beginning to turn it around i actually think that we do you know i was reading something earlier there is there's more than like 460 parental rights bills currently under consideration across 47 states in the u.s which essentially you know the, the transgender movement is saying like oh these bills are like anti-trans and it's just like they're literally pro-parent and anti-child mutilation. So I think that if you, you know, anyone who wants to go sign up for Million Voices and start lobbying and start writing, well, you don't have to actually do the writing. Million Voices does the writing for you. But you can write to your local, your state, your federally elected officials. There's 7,000 of them 
across the country. It's not just your senator. It's not just your government. There, is, there are 7,000 different elected officials in this country right now who work for We the People. And We the People are turning around and saying, not just in legislation, but in our hearts, in our ethics, in our morals, this is not right. And we do not want this to keep happening. I don't care what someone does over the age of, well, I guess out here it's like 21, right? Like that's sort of the age that you can start drinking here. So if you're over the age of 21, do whatever you want with your body so long as it doesn't hurt someone else. Don't ask me to indulge in whatever that is if I realize the harm it's doing to you. It's no different to addiction at this point um, or like homelessness, all of these other crises that just make big pharma money while killing, you know, like, you know, not even just adults, like children across this country. Yeah, it's obscene. So, We're going to wake up from this. We're going to wake up from this very, very soon. And uh, those who perpetrated are going to be have to be uh, accountable. I want to move on real quick. I, I apologize. Um, uh, I, I'm sure you feel the jomentum of uh, Joe Biden's big announcement. He's going to run again yesterday, the three-minute video that he put out. And uh, oddly enough, Kay, and you're probably a little more uh, savvy with uh, social media than me, uh, I never saw Joe Biden 20. 2024. I never saw uh, Biden-Harris 2024 trending on Twitter. What I did see was 70% of Americans, which is a reflection of the poll by NBC Monday that said mm-hmm. 70% of Americans don't want him to run again. I don't think he's going to be able to make it through the campaign. He certainly won't make it to be elected. And I would venture to say, uh, even some people are saying they doubt he'll make it to the end of his term. What do you think? Um, I think, yeah, the comment about making it to the end of his term, I mean, health-wise, like, I mean, there are so many different things that could go wrong. He's far too old to be in the position. I know everyone says that. My biggest concern right now, Rob, is like, yeah, like that NBC poll was absolutely hysterical. It was like, duh, obviously no one wants him to run. Do you know how embarrassing this is? Yes. But then I look at sort of like, I, I, I'm not like that against, I mean, I can't, I can't vote, so my opinion doesn't matter. But I've looked at Robert uh, F. Kennedy Jr., his platform. I'm like, ooh, that could bring over a handful of Republicans because the back stuff, he does well on the environment. So that sort of indulges the like eccentric, like money wielding libs who think that they can fight climate change, bless their heart. Um, I think that my biggest fear is they're going to try and position someone like Gavin Newsom and then it's going to be Kennedy versus Newsom. And I think, I mean, I don't know. The election stuff is so weird to me at this point still. The I do think that there's enough of a social manipulation campaign that America could be lulled into this false sense of security that Gavin Newsom can actually, like, he literally can't read. That's something that I've been told by multiple sources, that he literally, like, he doesn't read. And if he does, it's, like, not really something, you know, it takes someone else explaining (laughs) stuff to him. So it's like, other than those two, who else is there? that could run for the Dems, and it's just all Newsom, a bit of a train wreck. Gavin Newsom makes sure that all of his uh, all of his briefings are in uh, a graphic novel form. Uh, Kay, listen, we, we got to run, um, but uh, I I think that I think Robert Kennedy Jr. is going to make a mark on the Democrat Party. I think he's kind of a wrench in the uh, in the machine. Uh, I really good to talk to you today, Kay. Uh, try the Flaming Twister sometime; it's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Isn't that just called life right now, though? <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's not a game, baby. It's not a game. Where can people find you on social media, Kay? Uh, everyone can just find me. I'm the, I've got the stupidest name ever. It's K-A-Y-S-M-Y-T-H-E, Kay Smythe. If you Google me, you will find me, and I'll usually be friendly. So, All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a glorious day. Nice to talk to you. We'll have you on again soon. Let's take a break. It's a Rob Carson show. The left.
left has been waging a war on America for decades. That's not right. It's not fair. And we're quite simply not going to take it anymore. Honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. Kind of funny, yesterday I did the show and I did a couple of viral videos that really popped. You know, it's not millions of followers. I'm working on it, though. Uh, but the, this week has really popped the social media, and I was wearing this shirt. It says it's one of my designs. I have a design, a T-shirt and swag line. One of them is uh, Hillary and 20 never. And yesterday I was running, wearing the shirt that I came up with uh, well, a year and a half, two years ago. Trump DeSantis 2024, make America Florida. Anyway, uh, this according to Ian Moore of the New York Post, Gotham's paper, which just kicks butt. Trump World Insiders, whoever they are, are urging the former president to make DeSantis his running mate and see Trump is listening. Some of his supporters are suggesting he make a deal with DeSantis, make him VP. He's listening. He hasn't agreed. Supporters say the VP would offer, uh, offer would stop DeSantis from opposing Trump, would offer a youthful conservative vigor to the slot, which Biden doesn't have. He doesn't have conservative or vigor, uh, but there's no deal yet. Now, DeSantis wants to raise money and test the waters, according to the source being quoted by Ian Moore, and test the waters. But he really wants to do is run in 2828 after Trump wins or loses with him or without him in early days, but some voters are pushing for a partnership. And this is what I've said. It would make perfect sense. They would be a juggernaut, an unstoppable juggernaut, get through 2028, DeSantis runs, he's been a successful VP after four glorious years of Donald Trump running the country, and you look at that 50% of potential Republican voters support Donald Trump, 21% DeSantis, add those up, it's 80%. So, kaboom. Last night on Newsmax, RFK Jr., uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., talked to Greta von Susteren about why he'd run. Now, I'm only playing this. I would never vote for RFK because he's too bat guano crazy on the environmental bullcrap and global warming nonsense that does climate change. It's nonsense. A lot of his views don't match mine uh, as far as probably abortion and some of those issues. But this is the most refreshing thing I've heard from a Democrat in a very long time because the Democrats, the people in control of the Democrat Party, are bat guano crazy. This is Greta von Susteren on Newsmax asking why he wants to run. You know, I want my children to have the same pride in our country that I grew up with. Wait, 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 wait. Is that a Democrat who's actually proud of the United States? Whoa, hold on. I got to hear that again. You know, I want my children to have the same pride in our country that I grew up with. I want them to have well, I the most racist country in the history of mankind. The same opportunities uh, that and the idealism and the hope for our country that I grew up with. And I feel like our country's taking a wrong turn and that we're going down a road um, that it has a bad ending. And that, you know, we're in a, a period right now where abroad uh, there's more hostility and, and, uh, and dislike of this country than any time in history and at home. We are destroying the middle class and that both parties are uh, part of this kind of uh, this uh, merger of this corrupt merger of state and corporate power that's happening at the federal level that is keeping us in eternal wars and that has turned our regulatory agencies into wholly owned subsidiaries for the big um, industrial interests and polluters. Now, what have I said? 72% of Americans think the country is going in the wrong direction. That means 72% of us love the country is founded, love the country, love living in the country, don't like the person who's running it. 
I said there are some things that will divide us, but some things will bring us together. One of them is love of country, and it's still there. We've been too focused on the one guy kneeling, not the 65,000 standing during the National Anthem. More on this and your thoughts coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. This is the Rob Carson Show. Last hour of the show, going to be talking to uh, Dick Morris at the bottom of the hour. Very, very busy with uh, lots of punditry on Newsmax and elsewhere. And uh, Dick Morris is kind of funny because, you know, I remember writing for Rush. I was writing uh, comedy, making fun of the Clintons when he worked for the Clintons. <laughs> uh, but he is very astute in his uh, in his knowledge, and he's still saying uh, Trump's going to win. So we'll get his thoughts on uh, Joe Biden's candidacy, the announcement, uh, Tucker Carlson, and what more, uh, and, and, and uh, other things at the bottom of the hour. Newsmax is conducting an urgent poll asking you... Uh, about Tucker Carlson. What do you think about him being let go from uh, from Fox? And would you like to see him back on cable? Would you like to see him back on a channel? You know, maybe even on, on Newsmax. That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. I wouldn't mind having him as a lead into my show. <laughs> like that would happen. Anyway, uh, if you want to text a vote, just text the word PICK, P-I-C-K, to 39747. Again, it is PICK. Two three nine seven four seven just takes a, a moment to vote, and we'll be giving you all of the uh, responses. But again, if you want Tucker back on TV, uh, just go ahead and text the word "pick" to three nine seven four seven. This is brand new from Jim Gossett, ladies and gentlemen, starring Tucker. My name's Tucker Carlson, and you gotta know I am going elsewhere and get a new show. To my former colleagues, I have a tip. Jump that sinking ship Cause <laughs> stupid to fire me Worst move in history Fox News is headed in the tank It's money in the bank Tucker, what's number one? Time slot, I always won Fox News, if you're gonna pay real soon two words from Rupert Murdoch, and they are not, thank you. Look what Fox has become, left wing and really dumb. Paul Ryan doesn't have a clue. He's on the board. The Murdoch brothers too. Stupid, that is Fox News. Big time, they're gonna lose. They'll rue the day that they can me. That is uh, brand new from Jim Gossett. I had to play the heck out of that because it's just so good. Um, if you want to uh, help out Jim Gossett, you want to hear some of the songs that he does exclusively on this radio show, and then also he does them on stage, uh, just go to his Patreon page. Uh, what it is, it's a page you can go if you're an artist and you can't get any work, maybe because you're conservative, or you know you do some crowdfunding to help you build the studio, whatever. Uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N is the website, and you look up Jim Gossett Comedy. And help it out, it would be uh, it would be huge. I crowdfunded to build this studio years. I mean, six years ago, seven years ago, I crowdfunded to help me build the studio, and I built the studio myself. <clears throat> and you can uh, you're obviously hearing the results of it. And then on my TV show on Newsmax, you can see the results of it. Listen to this. Listen to this. One third of Democrats said it is likely they'll vote for a third party in 2024. Huh. It, that's weird. I, I thought the the Joe Mintum was happening. Oh, no, nobody wants him to run again. Everybody knows. He, uh, <laughs> he's not going to be able to run. I mean, please, 
He's not going to be able to run. He can announce all he wants, but no. One-third of Democrats say it's likely they will vote for a third party 2024. Uh, when asked uh, if it is likely they would vote for the third party, um, 35% of Democrats say it's likely. Of those, 15% have said it's very likely they will vote for a third party candidate in the next presidential election. 29% of Republicans also indicated that it is likely they would vote for a third party candidate. But of those, 11% said it's very likely. A plurality, which means even Stephen... <clears throat> 31% concluded that a third-party presidential bid would hurt the Republican candidate compared to 25% who said it would hurt the Democrat candidate. So uh, there's that. There is, uh, there is that. Then there's this, a solid majority, 50 to 20, 54 to 25% of GOP primary voters think Trump is more electable than DeSantis. Did you hear that? Solid majority, 54 to 25 of GOP primary voters from the morning consult say that Trump is more electable than DeSantis. <clears throat> you heard that thing earlier about uh, Trump maybe hearing about putting DeSantis on the Trump train. It would make the most sense. Duh. Duh. But, you know, I've also been thinking a lot lately about who'd be a great VP. You know, Byron Donald's had a slice of pizza with the president in Florida the other day. I'm like, ooh, Byron Donald's, oh yeah. Christy Nome, she's awesome. There's a lot of people who could be, Carrie Lake, why the hell not? There are so many, so many. Maybe somebody who's already uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who the heck knows? Not so crazy, but you know, obviously not Mike Pence. So anyway. And then there's this uh, former President Trump hosting the largest lead in the uh, latest morning consult survey analyzing the potential 2024 field, 58 to uh, 24, over to Sanders. So it would just make sense, right? It would just make sense that uh, Trump to Sanders would be the ticket. I, and I don't know how it's feasible. Trump moved from New York to Florida. There would have to be some changes there, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, I, and I just, I'll just tell you, as I have said, Trump supporters are with Trump because Trump. Trump has been elevated from candidate to movement. Okay? Nobody can come close to him. Ron DeSantis can't come close to him. Uh, nobody can because they persecuted him so much. And then you see what happened to Tucker. You know, that's what they're trying to do to Trump. <laughs> Same damn thing. Same damn thing. He's doing everything he needed to do. But it's just some people wanted him out. That's it. And, and that's why the, it's, the movement's gotten stronger. That's, I'm just telling you the facts. You may like Pence. You may like, like Nikki Haley, all 12 of you. But it's, it's not about Trump. It's about a movement. So I just want to throw that out there. But, you know, you're talking about one-third of Democrats saying, I'm done, and I don't blame you. Because, I, I, honestly, if you look at the direction of your party, if you're a sane person, who the hell would want to stay with the Democrat Party? Really? Really, guys? Really? CRT, open border, uh, war with Ukraine, uh, you know, um, uh, the, the not holding China responsible for COVID, inflation, energy dependence, trying to force uh, people to buy stupid electric cars that they don't want. I can go on and on. Really, you're down with all that? You're down with sexuality, sex and sexuality of of children when they're little kids. Uh, you're down with uh, changing a, a child's check sex by starting them on puberty blockers before puberty. Are you out of your mind? No, most people aren't. Common sense people aren't, even if you're a Democrat. But I'm going to tell you, it's very funny. The only Democrat who's, uh, you know, when I wasn't making fun of him, 
who I posted on social media is Robert Kennedy Jr. Because he was right about COVID. He was demonized, taken down off all major platforms because of his views, which were truthful on COVID, COVID vaccines. They were. But when I posted one of his videos, YouTube took down my page. Gone, gone, gone. Last night, he was on with uh, Greta, Ren- Greta Van Susteren on Newsmax. Here's what he had to say about why he decided to run. I think it would be two things, Greta. I, well, let me put three things. I'd say the censorship, um, which, uh, which I never thought particularly the Democratic Party would engage in. I think the, the conduct of the war um, in Ukraine is, you know, the, 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 the amplification and escalation, the unnecessary escalation of that war. Um, for- Are you hearing any Democrat say any of this? And the answer is most probably not. For geopolitical interests rather than, you know, the, the interests of the Ukrainian people. And then I think the management of the of the lockdowns, all of those things, which are which all comprise an assault ultimately on the middle class in this country. Yeah, an assault on the middle class in the country, and also uh, an enrichment of the entitled class in Washington D.C. and an assault on freedom of expression. Well, that's a Democrat. I know. I thought they were all marching in lockstep. He's polling at fourteen percent without spending a dime. He's polling at 14%. Here uh, he is talking about being censored, and he was. Well, I've experienced a lot of censorship. I mean, I, you know, the, the Twitter files show that the, that, the, um, that the White House was directly censoring my speech, was removing my posts, uh, was, uh, was having me, was getting the social media companies to deplatform me. Not because of any misinformation, because nobody can point to any misinformation that I've ever promoted. One thousand percent. What did I tell you? I told you this well over a year ago. If the if the the deep state, if big social media and the mainstream media says what you believe is disinformation or misinformation, it means you know the truth. That has been proven 1,000%. And now it's reinforced by a Democrat running for president. Nobody can show me a statement that I've published or posted that is factually erroneous. But you had the White House that had a portal that the CIA and the FBI were using to collaborate with social media companies to censor speech that disagreed with official government policies. And that's something that has never happened in this country. And it's frightening. Yeah. And it needs to result in Nuremberg-style trials for the people who did it. Yeah. Let's go to Bob in lovely Santa Clarita, California. Hello, Bob. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Hi, Rob. Can you hear me very well? I can hear you well. Good. I didn't want to make any mistakes here. Hey, I've been been trying to get over there for a long time, but I was really pissed off about the whole situation with Tucker. I know for a – I've got a bad feeling that what went on with him is when he exposed their their baloney – of that January 6th trial. Yes. They, those, they showed it to be false. Yes. And they don't like to be shown false. That's why old Schumer got up there, which should be, that man should be fired yeah. and thrown in jail and fined and whatever else they could do him. Yeah, he... I'm, uh, so, uh, I'm so pissed off like a lot of Americans. Uh, 
I'm just irritated. I'm sorry. I don't want to take up a lot of your time. Well, I appreciate your call, Bob, and, and I understand your uh, outrage because literally the federal government, the deep state, was able to dictate to a network that you may have at one time had faith in, uh, dictate to that network, kill that story. Kill that yeah. story. And he did. Are you freaking kidding me? Is this where we are right now that a politician could say kill the story? I mean, this has happened, but never uh, certainly this has happened. Dear God in heaven, it happens all the time. But this is the most glaring example where the, literally Chuck Schumer, and by the way, Mitch McConnell was down with it. Deep State was down with it. They said kill the January the 6th video expose, and they did it, Bob. They did it. Well, and that's why I'm that not going to. That's why. Everybody on the in America ought to be jumping on the rooftop saying, Where in the hell is this thing? Yeah. We want to see it. I want to see the damn tape, too. And Kevin McCarthy's not going to get away with hiding it. Now we know, I believe, that it was not Tucker Carlson who did that. Now I know in my heart that Tucker Carlson is a, uh, you know, he's not going to be down with, uh, with this uh, propaganda nonsense. I think this was the rub. And ultimately, last Friday in his monologue, I think he made it clear to the powers that be that he wasn't going to be silenced. And he, he used Fox News as kind of a pejorative in an example that he made and then said, but I'm not talking about Fox. I think that precipitated it. But Bob, you should be mad and, and we should make uh, Fox Bud Light. We need to make Fox well, Bud Light. Hey, they're off, they're off. They've been on the road. <laughs> I got <laughs> you, bro. O'Reilly uh, got canned way back then for whatever the reason. Yeah, it started way back when. So, all right, bro. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. You know, I don't know the uh, circumstance of O'Reilly. It was a hashtag Me Too <clears throat> time. Uh, we saw during that time. We saw O'Reilly go. We saw um, uh, Matt Lauer go. We saw a bunch of people go. So, you know, who knows? Who knows uh, about that? I think this is. Um, th- I think this is an entirely new ball game. I really, really do. I think this is an entirely new ball game. It is purely political, right before an election, and uh, the Twister Board is on fire, and they can't put out all the fires. Uh, good is going to win. Right is going to win, and the people who are per- perpetrated uh, this shutdown, this this uh, uh, Marxist. Uh, shutdown of freedom of expression are going to be have to have to be held accountable. Some people are going to have to go to jail. Hell yes. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. Time to put critical race theory in critical condition. It's the Rob Carson Show. Real quick, let's go to Michelle in Westminster. She wants to talk about Trump and DeSantis possibly as a ticket. Hello, Michelle. Hey, Rob. How you doing, my friend? Glorious. Well. I'm really getting tired of the battered Republican syndrome. <laughs> now, if we, if we think about it, Jeb Bush and Karl Rove are behind DeSantis. Show a hand who trusts Jeb Bush and Karl Rove, not oh. me. And I don't think you're going to see many hands go up. Yeah. So with that behind DeSantis, how can you trust DeSantis? Look at what Pence did to yeah. us. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, you know, okay, I understand. I trust me, I get it. I, I completely understand. I'm not saying I, I, I know that. Um you kinda gotta wonder who you can trust. You know, I, I think you know, there are some people who I could. I think Carrie Lake would uh, would uh, do what we wanted to uh, have done. If you're a true conservative, populist, whatever, I think Carrie Lake would be perfect. There would be no doubt. Carrie Lake would stick to the uh, the agenda. Um, as far as DeSantis, 100. 
Yeah. As far as DeSantis, um, he wants to be the president of the United States. Um, he doesn't even have the testicular fortitude to be able to come out and say yes or no, I am running. He is doing all the backdoor crap and playing peekaboo. And it's, this is not peekaboo time for crying out loud. Grow some. Mm. It, this is big boy stuff, not little kid stuff, and he's acting like a little kid. And, you you know, it's, politics is a contact sport. He doesn't have what it takes. He, he has left Florida in a bit of a mess. If you ask people who live in Florida, they're not very happy with the way some of the things that he has done. Some of the big things, yeah, but the things that hit the pocketbook are really hurting. I have, I have friends, I have family that live in Florida. But, could you give me an example? What, like, what's wor- what's not working that DeSantis is doing? Well, they have a gas shortage. They're, the cost of living uh, that they have down there, their property taxes have skyrocketed. And the cost of food, like it for everybody else is. And it's just they feel like they're, they're being, and plus whenever he decided to go on his little, I'm not running for president, but I am running for president tour for his book. He left them high and dry in the middle of an emergency. Yeah, yeah. Well, I understand so, where you're where you're coming from, Michelle. Um, and I don't think there's an easy answer. I think that uh, he would be a very powerful politician to a ticket. I do also believe that uh, four years with Trump, parroting the Trump uh, agenda and the success of the Trump w- agenda, would lead him to continue that if he wants to become the president again. I understand where you're coming from. I would think I, I may- if that were the case, Rob, then Mr. Pence would not have turned his back on his constitution. I wonder I wonder if there's a loyalty oath that uh, candidates must take. If you want to be my VP, here's what you've got to agree to, whether you're my vice president or you decide to run for president. How about that? The loyalty to the American people. Yes, right? the exactly. To the Constitution, not to a movement or anything. That's not what we're asking for as far as the loyalty pledge. It is to be loyal to this country, to be loyal to its people, to be loyal to its founding, and stick to it. Boom. You it's know, Michelle, honestly, Michelle, here's the deal. I'm taking tomorrow off. Can you do the show? I'm serious. <laughs> you need to do the show, girl, because you I are am, so good. I am not your caliber, my dear. I appreciate oh. that compliment, but thank you. But I'm going to tell what do you do for a living, Michelle? Uh, remember, I have the uh, indoor sports center and oh, yes. a building permit expediter. I know that. I know that. And you went through hell with uh, COVID and all that. Michelle, honestly, uh, I wish I wish every American voter was uh, is, as informed as you are. You just you always have a, a, a really brilliant measured take on everything. And I and I really appreciate it. I really. And when I get back up to Baltimore, I'm going to come work out at your facility. You better. I'm go- you can do a show at my facility, too. Well, what the hell? We'll do it. All right. I'll be a little out of breath. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah. Maybe there needs to be a uh, um, a loyalty to the Constitution oath if you want to be VP. Maybe there's that. You've got to agree we need a, a closed border. You've got to agree that uh, you will defend the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, uh, uh, as as stated, by the way, uh, among other. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But I know what you mean. You want somebody who is a constitutional founding conservative. And you don't want to end up with another Mike Pence. I understand it. You can trust Donald Trump because he's done what he said he was going to do. We just don't know about a lot of other people. All right, so coming up, Dick Morris. This is the Rob Carson Show.
part of abuses and usurpations do you not understand? It's the Rob Carson Show. Political guru, advisor to President Trump, uh, advisor to Bill Clinton, author of The Return, Trump's 2024 Comeback. Dick Morris joins us on the uh, Newsmax hotline. Hello, my friend. How are you today? Hey, Rob. I'm doing great. Well, you've been doing Good just a couple of... You've been doing just a couple TV appearances the last couple of days. Yeah, like every hour. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let, let me, uh, we'll start with the uh, the big uh, elephant in the room, which is Tucker Carlson being let go from Fox. I would love to know your thoughts on why and what this means to, uh, to Fox. Well, I have a theory that may not be true. We're all just speculating, but I think that Murdoch may be selling Fox. Okay. Uh, I think that he, uh, and, and to sell it, he, and that all the people who would buy it are liberals, you know, because that's who runs the industry. Yeah. So I think that he may be cleaning it up with all the conservatives being gone so that they can buy an empty network. Like any landlord will tell you, it's easier to sell an empty building than one filled with tenants waiting to pounce angrily on the new landlord. And uh, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that may be what's going on here. In any case, it's a deliberate effort by Murdoch to move the station to the left, and uh, I think that 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 is impelled partially by money, partially by social acceptance, partially by all kinds of petty issues between him and uh, Carlson. But I think the point is that a person who is in, you know, who Madame Lafarge was in the French Revolution in Tale of Two Cities by Dickens. There's Madame Lafarge, who's an old woman who sits there knitting a sweater, and each time the guillotine falls and chops another nobleman's head off, she does another stitch in the sweater. And um, that's the fate that I think is awaiting the other hosts on Fox News. Uh, I would not sell them life insurance at this point. I think <laughs> you know, one after another, they can get rid of them. Yeah, you know, I, now let me ask you this, Dick, because this is my theory. Uh, you recall that Tucker Carlson uh, came out with the January the 6th video. He uh, debuted it. He promoted it. And on Monday, March the 6th, he disproved two of the major narratives, a couple of the major narratives about January the 6th. One, that police officers were killed. Michael Sicknick was murdered. Uh, the other, that uh, uh, Jacob Chensley was the QAnon shaman who violently overthrew. He was released from prison a few weeks later when it was shown that he was uh, just casually strolled through the building. Also, there was no damage to the interior of the building. Uh, that same day, and I do believe the next day, um, uh, Chuck Schumer told Rupert Murdoch, take the story down, and they did so dutifully on Tuesday. Tucker didn't say another word about it. His Tuesday show that week was nonsensical. He opened with a transgender story that was not top of the mind. He did a live shot at 35 from a, a couple of farmers who had a cow escape. To me, that was his middle <laughs> finger to Murdoch. I'm not kidding, Dick. I, I noticed. I was like, this is really odd. Then, uh, last Friday, in his monologue, the attitude of his monologue, it sounded like a middle finger to Murdoch. And I think Murdoch said, this is the last straw. Uh, I think this was about the network telling Fox, this is what you have to talk about if you want to uh, stay in our good graces, because Schumer, the, the, the majority leader in the Senate, told you to kill the story. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think that it's far-fetched to think that Murdoch would fire Carlson out of peak. 
but I do think that it's part of a deliberate thought-out policy on his part to move to the left. And uh, I expect all of the other hosts on Fox, one after another, are going to meet that fate. I don't want to spell out the names because I don't want to be accused of speculating <laughs> about their demise, but I think yeah. one after another they're going to go. And the political impact of this, Rob, is that the rhinos now have no network. Uh, the rhinos had Fox. Uh, that is, they could say we're conservative, but we can't stand Trump. And uh, we're aligned with DeSantis, who uh, Fox News covered all the time. Now that Carlson is gone, I think much of the audience is going to go with him and go over to Newsmax. Yeah, I think yeah. that the underlying base of the rhinos, which is cable television, I approve of conservative agenda, but I can't stand uh, Trump, is basically now gone. Wow. It comes yeah. to the time when there was a poll just issued by Morning Consult that shows Trump with a 37-point lead over DeSantis. Mm -hmm. 37 points. That means more than three, almost three to one lead. And uh, DeSantis obviously can't run in the face of that. And uh, and obviously, this, this nomination is basically Trump's for the taking at this point. And I think that the real story here is the collapse of the rhinos. Yeah. Uh, and not that Tucker Carlson was by any stretch a rhino, no. but that Fox News is rhino. Yeah. And with yeah. uh, Tucker Carlson down, Fox News is going to follow. When I worked for Fox for 18 years, Roger Ailes once told me, if Larry King goes Fox, CNN is going to fall apart. And that's what happened. And here I think Tucker's going is going to make Fox News fall apart. And yeah, I think I, I, a gaping I, hole in our political landscape. Well, I know that uh, Chris Ruddy, uh, Newsmax would never survive without me. And I just say that as a joke. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but, but let, let's talk about Newsmax. Newsmax, I really do believe there's a terrific aligning of the stars. Uh, they were a Democrat party, tried to go after Newsmax, OAN, uh, got us kicked off of DirecTV. We're back on DirecTV, and I'm grateful for that. Thank you, DirecTV. Fox was the only person standing there. And then this changed everything. This really changed yep. everything. And, and I believe yep. that, that Newsmax, and, and I'm, you know, listen, I work at Newsmax. Okay, I got a show on Newsmax, whatever. Uh, but, but, but I really do believe that Newsmax is in a position, and this is because this is about not only telling the truth, but also appealing to a demographic, a belief demographic. Yeah. And and I do believe you are exactly right. Where Fox used to be the voice of conservatism, I think Newsmax is going to fill that void. Yeah. And you realize, of course, that Fox's policy on Trump was never to put him on, only put him on in connection with scandals and negatives give DeSantis all the airtime they possibly can and never say anything nice about Trump. And um, that was a, they, and that's how the Wall Street Journal did. That's what the New York Post did, all on orders for Murdoch. The about face that they did when Murdoch came out with that in January of this year would have done West Point proud with its precision in everybody turning around and going the exact opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, now, I think, that, I think Fox destroyed its credibility at that point. Well, yeah, you know, we, we on Newsmax, we, we cover the Trump rallies on a Saturday night, and we have better ratings than Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and nobody else covers the Trump rallies. Trump's going to speak tomorrow in New Hampshire, and nobody's going to cover it but Newsmax and maybe OAN, but nobody yeah. watches that. So well, 
I think, but but I think that you can't. You have to link the two developments. Yeah. Uh, Trump survived the indictment, survived the arrest, and has now emerged with a dominant lead in the Republican primary, and just shy of a double-digit lead against Biden. Dick, and, let me uh, ask you. That is directly linked to. Uh, th- th- that comes at the same time that Tucker is gone. Yeah. And that network is now going to be gone. Well, Dick, I want to tell you this. I think that uh, because of the persecution of the last seven years, Trump is no longer a candidate. It's not fair to the other candidates, really, when you think about it. He is a movement. He has become a movement. Yes. I would venture to say the same sort of scenario is happening with Tucker. Uh, there were people watching Fox News. They were clinging to Fox News by their fingernails because Tucker Carlson was there. And then they did this to Tucker Carlson. I think the same dynamic, the same walk away is going to happen that's happening with with conservatives walking away from rhinos uh, and going to Trump, the same's going to happen with uh, con- yeah. rhinos moving, you know, sticking with uh, with the Fox and Fox, you know, going into a tailspin because Tucker is bigger than Fox and Trump is bigger than the Democrat part or the Republican Party. Yeah, you're exactly right, Rob. Exactly. Uh, let me ask you this. Last night on Tucker, or on, uh, on Greta Von Susteren's show, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., who's the only Democrat I've ever posted uh, that I wasn't making fun of the last at least five years on social media, I posted one of his videos that was proven true about COVID, and I had my YouTube page taken down for posting Robert Kennedy. Last night, he <laughs> did a terrific interview with Susteren about why he's running for president. You've got a yeah. poll this morning that says that 35% of Democrats would consider going third party. Uh, right now, uh, this RFK, it, without any money spent, is polling at 14% and the Democrat Party is trying to uh, put their uh, elbow on the scale for Biden. What do you think about the viability of RFK as a Democrat candidate or third or third party? Not third party, but Democrat okay. candidate. Okay, there you go. That's fine. Party. And uh, the important point is that McLaughlin's last poll said, ask people, who would you vote for for the Republican nomination for president among Republican primary voters? And give a list of 13 names. And Trump got 58%. Then they said among Republican, Democratic primary voters, who would you vote for? And they gave a list of 13 names. And Biden got 23%. Wow. And that reflects the difference in the enthusiasm and the support. Biden can be knocked over with a feather right now. And uh, Robert Kennedy is at least that. Uh, I think that the scenario is precisely like 1967 and 68. Uh, You had the Vietnam War raging and it made Johnson hated throughout the country. And the Democrats felt that they couldn't win the election with him. And they were determined to try to get rid of him, but they couldn't. And they didn't dare come out against him and all the anti-war senators refused to run because they didn't want to split the party because their bête noire, Richard Nixon, was waiting in the wings and they didn't want to split the party and elect Nixon. Then McCarthy came out of nowhere, Senator from Wisconsin, from Minnesota, jumped into the race, skyrocketed, got 42% in New Hampshire, won Wisconsin, Johnson pulled out, Kennedy went in, and the rest is history. That is repeating itself now. You have Biden very negative with a huge lack of popularity. And all of the Democrats would like to get rid of him, but they can't. Because if they do, they'll just split the party horribly. So they won't do it. Now Bobby Kennedy comes in and he'll do it. And as he develops more traction and more credibility, 
I think increasingly other people will look at coming into the race. Gavin Newsom, uh, I think Cory Booker might. I think that uh, it's even possible that Hillary Clinton does. No, dear Lord. And I think that, <laughs> that that's going to create a situation where Biden has to pull out of the race. And I think Bobby Kennedy will have knocked him out. Yeah, well, Dick, I, you know, and also there's there are the investigations that not only his age, which yeah. will prevent him from being the president. It will. He's not going to make it, Dick. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. But also uh, uh, the, the criminal investigation of the Biden family. He will never do it. Yeah. It's going to catch up yeah. with him, Dick. Everybody knows it. Let me ask you this. Finally, you've written this book. I've got it right here. I just need it signed. I'll bring it the next time I see you. But the return, Good. Trump's big 20 tour. You're still sticking by Trump winning and being a president in uh, 2025. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, all right. Uh, much more likely than it was when I even wrote that. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. Well, I'll look, I'll look for this. I'll look for the uh, the sequel. I wouldn't call it Trump the Second Coming, though. I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> that was my original <laughs> title, but they didn't like that. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I probably will come out with another book called The Victory. All but right. I know I'll, that, yes. I'll look okay. for it. I'll look for it, my brother. Thanks for finding the time. I know Thank you're you very know. busy. Uh, I will post you on social media. God bless you. Have a glorious day. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. To all the Brandons out there, we salute you. It's The Rob Carson Show. Uh, Dick Morris, that was a very good interview, I, I think. And if you get a chance to... Uh, Check out the podcast, Newsmax.com slash listen. Very interesting. No third party. So you shot me down on the third party thing with regard to Robert Kennedy Jr. And I agree. Uh, I agree. I thought I'd float it. But uh, formidable, yes. Formidable, yes. Um, as far as uh, Joe Biden uh, running successfully, he has announced his candidacy. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre not even being able to say whether Joe Biden would be able to complete his term. The second term, which would mean eight years as the president. Listen. Does the president um, plan to serve all eight years? I'm not. I'm just not going to get ahead of the president. That's something for him to decide. I'm just not going to get ahead of it. And we're, there's a 2024 uh, campaign. Anything related to that, I would refer you to that. There you go. That's all you need to know right there. Uh, right now, he is a placekeeper, and they will use him until they can't use him anymore. Uh, and that may end up with his criminal indictment, whatever. It could be impeachment, could be 25th Amendment, whatever. But uh, I don't believe, and I've said this from the very beginning, literally as soon as he was elected, he won't run again in 2024. So there you go. <clears throat> there you go. Let me see if I have anything else to say about that. Hold on one second. I'm trying to remember if I have any audio that I uh, didn't share with you about uh, Joe Biden's presidential announcement. Now nah, let's move on to something else. I have something kind of cool. Oh, oh, this is the new ad the GOP put together about the possibility uh, of Joe Biden winning a second term. It's a little uh, apocalyptic. This just in, we can now call the 2024 presidential race for Joe Biden. And it's true, by the way. This morning, an emboldened China invades Taiwan. Financial markets are in free fall as 500 regional banks have shuttered their doors. Border agents were overrun by a surge of 80,000 illegals yesterday evening. Officials closed the city of San Francisco this morning, citing the escalating crime and fentanyl crisis. Who's in charge here? It feels like the train is coming off the tracks. Well, the train's been coming off the tracks for about four years. I would venture to say most of those things mentioned in the ad have already happened. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, finally, I, I, I saw this clip. I thought this was really cool. Uh, and the headline is, this is from Jonathan Jones of the Western Journal, the one million view clip that showed Tucker Carlson winning over people who hate him. 
Here is what Fox lost. In March, Carlson joined the Nelk Boys on their Full Send podcast where he shared insights into his mind and heart that his audience at Fox News rarely gets. It has racked up 3 million views between YouTube and TikTok. We're considering the attack on women that is happening in this country, this displacement of women, this insult of motherhood, this insult. Women are only wanted by the Democrat Party for their votes and abortion. That's it. This is what Tucker Carlson said about womanhood. I'm not going to interrupt it. My mother passed away two years ago. I'm married to a beautiful wife. I, I just celebrated a 25th anniversary. It probably shouldn't have happened, but I've redeemed myself, and I'm so grateful because a divorce would have been my worst failing in life. I've got a beautiful daughter as well. Here is Tucker Carlson on women. If I can get it to play. Hold on one second. Here it is. Hold on one second. Here it is. All right, I may have to play it uh, off of the other thing. Hold on one second. I apologize. Occasionally, my computer... I like women, actually, because they're totally different. I don't understand, like, 80% of what they say. I don't need to. I'm married to one for 32 years. I have three daughters. I think they're, like, fascinating and interesting because they're so different. I listen super carefully to what they say. What's the biggest thing you've learned in your marriage about women? They're amazing that they compliment us. So your average young man looks at women... If we're being totally honest, it was like, they're dumb. They're easy to fool. Like, I can talk them into sleeping with me. And, like, men get this attitude, like, women are dumb. And the reason they feel that way is because women have a completely different way of seeing the world that's innate. It's inherent. Their brains are different, measurably. Which is why I hate the trans thing, because it's pretending that some guy with a male brain, who's not at all in any sense a woman, can become a woman with plastic surgery. No! It's an insult to the complexity and the mystery of women, which if you're you know, in a long-term marriage, you really confront it on a daily basis. What you learn when you get married and you like decide like, no, no, I'm staying with you, helping you raise your children, I'm gonna die next to you. Like you really make the commitment, then you're forced to confront who women really are and you learn they're amazing. They think things that you, yeah, they're not interested in the same kind of theoretical bullshit your average man is. They're not gonna sit around and dip Copenhagen and like <laughs> theorize about, well, the world is, the, you know, they're not gonna come up with a unified theory of everything in the way that you guys do when you smoke weed. <laughs> but they have all kinds of other like crazy insights into people. They force you to think about the world in a really different and really important way. And it takes a long time to learn that. And your average man who's in a relationship long term with a woman, married or not, has a moment where he's like, I don't understand what she's saying. This is freaking me out. She's crazy. I'm leaving. And whether it's leaving, like just taking off with your buddies or leaving for good, men can't deal with it because they don't understand it. But if you're forced to stay there over the long term, you realize, no, she's not. I mean, maybe a little crazy. <laughs> but a little crazy in a way that's great. I think that's pretty cool, actually. And as somebody who's been married for 25 years and most of the people I know never thought it would be possible, I concur 1,000%. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Check out the podcast, Newsmax.com slash listen. Newsmax.com slash listen. Have a glorious day. God bless you. And until tomorrow. W's.